Welcome to the Tune Project Podcast, where we feature the hardworking musicians running the scene here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Lauren Abels, and today I'm chatting with my friend, Max Nunes. Before we jump in, let me share a little bit about Max and his band, Sundays, in his own words. Love child of a wayward New York boy and the city of Nashville, Sunday survives on McFlurries, Steel Magnolias, and the complete works of Patsy Cline. The project draws influence from a combination of 90s and early aughts indie rock, dream pop, and genre assorted hits of all eras. Dancing among the kings of country, a queen does her best. Sunday's made its performance debut in the spring of 2015 with a set of two sold-out shows at the Chelsea Hotel Storefront Gallery in New York. In fall of 2015, the song Walk My Street appeared in the soundtrack of Best Picture winner Spotlight. Sunday's self-titled debut EP was released in July of 2017. The band just released a live film called Country Sundays covering songs by iconic starlets from the honky-tonk era, and they have a new EP coming in early 2022. In this episode, Max and I are talking about his slightly unconventional journey to becoming a musician. We're also talking about finding your own sound as a songwriter, but also allowing yourself to evolve and grow and working smarter, not harder, and knowing when a song is done and leaving it alone. So often we artists get trapped in a cycle of worrying about our music, art, photography, fill in the blank, and picking it apart when in reality our instincts are usually on point. So that's what we're discussing today. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Also, Max is sharing with us two original songs that will be featured in his soon-to-be-released EP, and if you'd like to hear the full EP when it comes out, as well as his Country Sundays film, I'll leave links in the show notes so you can go check those out and support Max. Quick disclaimer, please excuse any sounds in this episode, sirens, cats, cars, it's all part of the rugged charm of this episode, and I hope you enjoy nonetheless. Okay, um, this is a song called I Wonder... Uh, it's a song that I wrote. It's going to be on a new EP that I have coming out in the spring. And like pretty much the entire EP, no, no, but pretty much the entire EP is about uh, Boy Who Made Me Sad. So this song is part of that story, I suppose. <laughs> and it goes like this. So right, 
Answer why never been silent times so I wonder Should have said, boy, somehow I could never leave it by me. No doubt, even if I'm lost in a dream, I'll call out one more time. Sit me down, talk it out. Don't you tell me what's wrong about all I know in my bones. Sit me down, talk it out Won't you tell me what's wrong about All I know in my bones Tell me everything You know I get lost sometimes, you're on my mind Close my eyes another night and I wonder for being here yeah and thank you so much for having me yeah absolutely i'm a fan of you as a person as well as your music so really happy that you could join us today so first of all i have to ask everybody tell us where you're from and i'm what from new york city okay um and i was actually uh living in la before this okay um uh where i had moved after like after after school for a couple years i lived in new york and then I was like, if I don't move out of New York now, I just won't. So did you live <laughs> so, in... So, so did you I, then I moved to LA. LA. No, oh, okay. I went to school in Connecticut. Okay. So then I moved to LA because it was the only other... Uh, obviously, I'm a friend from New York. I'm like a big city person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I have some friends who live in LA. And just like friends from growing up in New York who live mm-hmm. in LA now. And... That's a pretty, like, as far as, like, living in another big city, that's about as different of a big city as you can pick, mm-hmm. at least in America. Yeah. Like, it's very sprawled, and it's, like, has this kind of hot desert weather. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I lived there for a couple of years, and then I was like, nah, this is f- fine, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's more fun to visit L.A. for me. Hmm. Consistent LA all the time. LA is too much LA for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and a lot of the reason I had been looking to maybe um, put together kind of like what I have here, like a house where you can record and where a bunch of musicians live there. Mm-hmm. And I was my roommate in LA at the time, who was a friend from high school, was moving to the west side of town, or 
yeah, he was moving to the way we had been living, like, in Los Feliz, which is sort of, like, Silver Lake adjacent. It's mm-hmm. over on the east side of L.A. Mm-hmm. And he's he got a job on the west side and was like, I'm going to move to Santa Monica. Do you want to move to Santa Monica? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so I started with some other people looking for, like, a house mm-hmm. even further east in L.A. and was kind of having trouble finding stuff. And around that same time... I had also been looking for a studio to record an EP that I had written at the time. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine had told me about this friend of his who had a house studio in Nashville. And I was like, that sounds fun. Like, why don't we'll try that. Um, so I actually didn't, me moving here kind of like happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't like be like I'm moving to Nashville let's go you didn't set out I to. came here with like three weeks or a month booked out mm-hmm. at a like little house studio on the east side I'm not sure if it still exists but mm-hmm. house studio on the east side um and then just I guess over the course of doing it sort of like saw how like what it was like for musicians here mm-hmm. generally and was kind of like, man, compared to New York or L.A., this is actually kind of chill. Okay. And space-wise, like, I feel like when you live here, when you've been here for a while, you start to take for granted things like you can practice in your house, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Or, like, at least somebody in your band has, like, a basement where you can practice. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in New York, that's not a thing. Mm. Like, you have a... You're, you and probably a bunch of other bands like rent a lockout Mm -hmm. in a practice facility where you can practice because you can't like drum in an apartment right it's not okay right (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so yeah it kind of just i was here for a thing and then and i had moved out of la i had i knew that i didn't want to live in la anymore Mm -hmm. and my plan was just to like do this thing in nashville and then i guess like go back to new york and figure it out Mm -hmm. but that part just kind of never happened how did you first get involved in music um, that's actually weird and funny. Um, I first got involved in music because, uh, my friends and I in New York in high school and college really liked karaoke. Ah, and I didn't play any instruments that. or do anything. It just was our, like, dumb drunk kid pastime mm-hmm. was to go out and sing karaoke. Um... And at some point, like around the time that I was graduating from college, I had played sports in college. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that was taking up a lot of time. I'm going to need a new thing to do. (laughs) So I was like, well, maybe I should just like get a guitar and see if I can teach myself how to play it. Wow. And so just like got a hundred dollar Takamini and started watching YouTube lessons. (laughs) So that happened after college. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good for you yeah. to take up something like that. It, yeah. It would just, again, kind of like moving to Nashville. Right. It's sort of just right. like, it just kind of happened. It just kind of snowballed. I was actually that winter after, kind of, it was kind of the first year that I had a guitar and was trying to learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. And that winter after college, I had gone uh, out to Jackson Hole with mm-hmm. some friends mm-hmm. to like bum around and ski and drink and you know 
mm-hmm. do the like last chance do this dumb thing kind right, of deal right. before people get lives um and that whole winter they were all like oh my god stop strumming guitar you <laughs> suck you're so annoying because <laughs> I would not stop uh-huh. <laughs> they were like stop um you were committed to I learning was, it it was I was just it was like it was it was an addiction I had the addiction I suppose I got into guitar so that I could, like, back myself on guitar, I guess. Okay, when you were And then I got into just, like, messing around on GarageBand and then Logic because I Mm -hmm. just, like, wanted to make songs. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole world in itself. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and so that has kind of... uh, It just kind of rolled and, you know, now I have the studio Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. where you have both recorded and been part of recordings. and Yeah. Um, so it is funny though to think about that a lot like bands that have come in that I have recorded, like everyone in the band is younger than I was mm. when I started playing an instrument. Mm. It's it just, it's, it's interesting. I, it's, um, it just like, I guess it's just kind of like a weird version of the journey. Mm, definitely. For music, I yeah, suppose. Absolutely. To just get into it kind of late and sort of fall in love with though right which is amazing that's so cool though I mean that you could you know after having this whole life before music right it's also weird for me to think about a time when I didn't play Uh, Okay. but like it was a long time you know what I mean like it was most of my life yeah um so it's just like it's yeah it's like weird for me to think about a time where I didn't just like sit down with a guitar and mess around Mm -hmm. you know but I like Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I don't know. It's... So sports was kind of it for you before yeah, totally. music came into the picture. Um, yeah, I guess. I'm, I don't know. Again, sort of by default. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, it was like, I loved, um, I played lacrosse at college. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, like, I really did love playing. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. Um, I was definitely putting, like, way more love into that than, like, school, mm. probably. Much to, like, my parents disappointment mm. um but yeah when that ended I was like oh man I need something else to do mm-hmm. I've been doing this all the time right right <laughs> and I knew like I, yeah like I said I used like my friends and I used to love karaoke we still love karaoke I should not say used to we love karaoke karaoke's great that's another thing that's amazing about Nashville I gotta say back to like what brought me to Nashville oh yeah the karaoke the karaoke thing. vibe here is amazing absolutely absolutely <laughs> What have been some of your favorite styles of music to play over the years? Kind of when you first started out, what did you get into? And then now, you know, how has it evolved? Interesting question. When I first started out, I was playing a lot of, because it was just like me and an acoustic guitar, and I was like trying to record myself. Um, And I wanted a thing that like sounded sort of complete, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, The sort of part of my different kinds of favorite music that I gravitated towards was like a lot of folk like I was really into like teaching myself different trying to teach myself different finger picking and I was that's interesting yeah that's yeah it's I mean, interesting that's a good way to start. Yeah. yeah um so I was writing just kind of like on the poppy side of little folk songs and mm-hmm. was you know, trying to finger pick and also at that moment that was a big like 
folk indie moment too because mm. they're mm. thinking like 2011 2012 it was totally. like the fleet foxes were huge yes. and i was loving the fleet oh, foxes. Fox. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um so yeah i feel like there's somewhere deep in the bowels of my computer there's some totally embarrassing cover of like montezuma or mm. you know what I mean? like, yes. um and also i had grown up listening to a lot of like my dad really likes Cat Stevens hmm. and like Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Harvest Moon was definitely. I still listen to it all the time. It's a very apt Nashville vibes album. Very. Um, yes. That was definitely both Harvest and Harvest Moon, and all those Cat Stevens records were definitely things that were like in the tapes in the car mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we were little kids okay um so yeah my first my like gut the first thing i did was do any type of thing i've done there's always been some kind of like singer songwritery mm-hmm. kind of bent mm-hmm. even if it's like superimposed over another genre right right but that's kind of like folky ish Mm-hmm. Singer songwriter was like where I what I started doing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you know what people grew up listening to and how that kind of yeah. influenced you know what they're doing now and just how you know we're comfortable with that familiarity of what we have listened to our whole lives and but it can also change at the same yeah. time and evolve. So. Totally. And so, what would you say? What would you consider? your style now your primary style or styles that you play oh well that like again like over the time of me like trying to find my sound i guess mm-hmm. uh, in air quotes um there's been a whole bunch of different things that that's been but it's sort of at least for the um music that i have coming out Starting the first single is going to be out sometime in the beginning of January, and mm-hmm. then I think I'm going to do one every month um, until the spring. But it's kind of moved. There's definitely still. I feel like I've wanted to bring a full like since pretty soon after starting. I had wanted to. I had been trying to record full band albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time and would be constantly hearing people being like we like it when you're by yourself we like it when you're by yourself we like it when you're by yourself and I was like ah but I want to play the van you know what I mean Um, so it's been sort of a while of me trying to kind of find a balance of where that sort of singer song writer vibe can live Mm -hmm. but with sort of a with fuller with like a fuller production yeah yeah um and so the most recent my most recent attempt to reconcile this is uh i did an ep that's sort of it's like combination of like dream pop like kind of current dream pop indie rock vibes Mm -hmm. but also with a good amount of kind of like 90s pop rock vibes okay so like a little bit of that a little bit of that sixpence none the richer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mixed into i can hear that mixed into like the sort of beach house and the always and right um okay other stuff that 
I have been listening to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last sort of like piece in there is kind of a Nashville piece, mm-hmm. just because um, I put pedal steel on a song of mine, I guess, a couple of years ago. It was actually the one kind of folky song on this like weird the beginning of quarantine I made this weird auto-tune record mm-hmm. everyone complained about the auto-tune <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun I had discovered this vocal synthesizer right. I was having a good time Yeah. Um, but I had put as kind of like a palate cleanser I had put this one um, like folkier more like sort of American folk angled country kind of song mm-hmm. on there and when I had been trying to finish it, I'd been like, man, we really cool. I don't know any pedal steel players, but it'd be really cool if there was pedal steel on this song. Mm-hmm. And so I'd asked around and um, uh, met this really awesome player, uh, David Wade Wright. It was crazy, crazy good. Um, and uh, he had played on that. And then after that, I was just like, every time I had a few songs I'd be like hey man you want to come to a session oh, okay. and I literally was, was just like trying pedal steel on everything uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. um and yeah that sort of became as far as this new EP is concerned the only thing to appear on every song the only instrument other than my voice to appear on every song is pedal steel hmm. okay. um so yeah there's like one that kind of gets out of that indie rock realm a little bit um, and what has this kind of like ambient piano loop and then Brandon actually played upright bass on it oh neat yeah okay. and then pedal steel and then my friend Sam came and played trumpet okay so that song is kind of like a, it, a thing unto itself mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the pedal steel and the vocals are there to sort of like make it belong I guess right, right. Um, but yeah so just kind of trying to fuse like ambient singer songwriter rock mm-hmm. and really like old honky tonk vibes right like right. but very specifically the kind of old honky tonk vibes that are in the country movie mm-hmm. that I that I made would you say that this new style that you've created and discovered is that kind of the direction that you're heading in going forward or is that kind of just for this project um that's always a hard question to answer but i i hope so i guess um well i guess i should say to you, <laughs> do you think you'll do more with it do you think you'll kind yeah of i think develop so. this beyond i think so okay. yeah i okay. think that's sort of the questions i I've been really having a good time with the I've played three shows with this I guess with this like material mm-hmm. um, now and I definitely find myself in the headspace of like okay I'm liking this this feels good what uh, like what other kinds of songs can I bring into this like can be sort of like what other song constructions can be 
grafted onto this like sonic palette vibe mm. that I'm working with right now. Mm-hmm. Like, could we figure out some faster ones? Like, right. could we figure out? And so, yeah, I would say that I definitely want to stay in the vein. Mm-hmm. But the question is sort of to how to expand on it and move it in new ways so that it stays interesting and so right. that I don't end up with 30 of the same song. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, unless that's what they want, you know, 30 mm-hmm. of the same song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I definitely want to be making it, making music because I want the music. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's always like the other side of like, if people really like it, mm-hmm. that will probably push me in the direction of sure. making more of it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that country. Right, 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 situation. right. You don't want to only do everything by that, but... Right. But it helps. But it would, uh, it would help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would you say that you've mostly kind of followed your own creative impulses in terms of writing music or... Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. Um... I feel like, honestly, the only time that I, the only time that I ever get down on my music or get in a bad mood about about it would be if I had just, would be if I had found myself in a spot where I was like overthinking other people's reaction to something Mm -hmm. I made. Mm -hmm. Like that's not usually a thought that I'd be having while I was making it. Mm -hmm. That would be a thought process after putting something out and I don't know like not getting it on as many playlists as I wanted Mm, or you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some some measure of its success that has nothing to do with did I like it right was it the thing I wanted to make did I not like it Mm. it's it's like I, I guess there's sort of like this great this kind of period before it exists in relation to other people where you can sort of see it without without because even if you tell yourself you're not gonna judge it but if other people like it or not Mm -hmm. you probably are a little right you know like you you probably are a little i I think yeah i would say moat like generally speaking for better or worse in terms of whether or not other people liked it i usually end up just doing what i think sounds Mm -hmm. good which is awesome yeah and you should absolutely but it is interesting because i think all of us as musicians and artists and all of that we do tend to kind of view things through the lens of other people i think to some extent because Mm -hmm. we have to because it's such a self-promotional type of industry yeah and so you you sort of have to but at the same time you have to think about okay what do i like what do i enjoy what do i want to put forth into the world right what message do i want to send and all of that rather than just thinking about how it'll be received and that's kind of a tricky right that's kind of a tricky thing because if you just are sitting there thinking about how it will be received you're gonna make crap right well it might not definitely but you run the risk right for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or not even necessarily that. It, it might be great, but not authentic to you. Right. Which, you know... I don't know. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's hard to make a great... I feel like it's hard to make something that will really resonate if there isn't at least some level of it being authentic to you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Maybe that's not true. But I feel like... 
I feel like often I'm surprised. Like if I've made something when then in the moment when I was making it, I was like, I caught myself have the thought, be like, this is weird. No one's going to like this. Mm-hmm. And then I've been like, tried to be mindful and been like, no, no, no. Get that thought the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. That's like, right. that's the Doesn't wrong, matter. that's the wrong question. Right. This is what you sang. Mm-hmm. You're having, like, you, you cracked a smile at whatever this weird vocalization was that you thought was like a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was you. So I've been surprised at how much, how often something that in the, when I first made it, I was like, this is too weird. Mm-hmm. When I show it to other people, they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh. And I'm like, oh, wow. Uh-huh. I thought this would be, people would judge this. Mm-hmm. But, but it was the opposite. People just want that weird thing you're doing. And that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, almost, it's hard to anticipate what people will like. Because sometimes yeah, it's like impossible. You think people will like something and then it's a total flop. <laughs> and then right. vice versa, you know? You think something won't necessarily be well received and then Yeah. And then it is. So mm. it does really kinda depends. People are unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. And also I just feel like one of the hardest things to try and do um is to especially because like a lot of, I usually self produce. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I find that it can be, I think like the hardest part of hypothetically producing your own music is trying to do it unselfconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to make, trying to like turn off that thing that's like, try, like trying to turn off the thing that like the part of you that criticizes or judges yourself for not making exactly what somebody else made right, or right. it's it can be hard to it like I feel like the, the like disconnect can be it can be very hard to understand your own appeal as mm-hmm. an artist mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying like I understand my own appeal I don't know <laughs> like, sure, I'm not a famous sure. singer I don't know if that's true or not mm-hmm. um uh, but I feel like that really is like, and I've, the more that I've had the studio and have had the opportunity to produce other people, mm-hmm. that's, I feel like been really helpful to me just in seeing that like an artist asked me to do something and it, ending up arguing with them and being mm-hmm. like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. you don't get what sure. I and everybody else thinks is good about you. Right. This is messy. Right. You're messing up your own thing. Right. And I guess like person to person that's always subjective Mm -hmm. but I feel like that biggest challenge is like I guess trying to be nice to yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) while Mm -hmm. you record your own songs Mm -hmm. Um, would you say that recording other people's music has impacted the way that you view slash record your own yeah um it's helped me not waste time doing like a bajillion vocal takes Mm. Because uh, I realized that other people always get their best take in the first like three. Mm. <laughs> That's <laughs> Almost true. always. Yeah, it's true. Like some, it's either like the first three or like the hundred and fiftieth. <laughs> and if you want to go down that path of nitpicking that hard, like sometimes, and sometimes you have to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the thing just sort of hasn't been gotten. But like usually, it has been gotten. You get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just like trying like learning what things you need to be precious about and what things are probably just fine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. as long as they're like in time and not like terribly out of key you mm-hmm. know like what things just kind of you know, kind of let them ride I guess mm-hmm. okay interesting and we touched on this a little bit but would you say that you faced any obstacles in your creative journey oh I guess so. Um, I feel like the big, like, I don't know, I feel like the biggest obstacles for me have been uh, certain parts about this have gotten easier, but I feel like when I was first getting started and continuing, like, every time that I make a project or do whatever, especially like when you're, when I was first getting started out, you sort of have this like, it's, you don't even really have a vision in your head of the final product. Mm -hmm. You just have a vision in your head of it being amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't even really know how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to get to that point. But it's just like really easy to at least for me, it has always been really easy to work really hard on something and end up really disappointed with it. I think Mm -hmm. that that's probably, I'm probably not at all the only musician who, uh, who feels that way. way. No, not at all. Um, and it's really, had been really tempting to, it's always really tempting to just like work on things and work on things and work on things and work on things. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'd say that the biggest obstacle for me has probably been finding that balance mentally mm. on how long is too long to work on something. Like, knowing when it's finished, I guess. Right, right. Um, knowing how long is to how long is too long and, like, knowing when something's still... Being able to know whether you have just heard something a lot and it's finished or if it still really does need something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I'm sure you've gotten to the point, too, where you've heard enough music and produced enough artists' music where you, you're you able to kind of... You probably have a better sense of that now than me. It has helped me a lot to work with other people right. and to watch other people because it's very hard to be like conscious of when you yourself are spinning mm-hmm. your wheels. Mm-hmm. But having now like watched a lot of other people spin their wheels trying to do something a hundred times that was mm-hmm. fine the first time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, right. or like wanting to keep working on a song that. Because I feel like there's sort of... You have to find yourself in just the right part of this, like, mathematical plateauing Mm -hmm. curve. Mm -hmm. Where, at first, every... In the first, like, couple hours that you work on the demo of a song... Like, for me, a lot of the time, that's when a song really gets a lot of what it gets. Mm -hmm. And then, the next... It's still moving when you have other people, like when you come in and play fiddle or when someone comes to drum or mm-hmm. bass or pedal steel, you're still going up. Right. And, but then you get to a place once everything's tracked or almost everything's tracked where you're sort of starting to sit there being like, how should this be mixed? Mm-hmm. And the curve is starting to flatten. Mm-hmm. And because the song is really done. Mm-hmm. But 
you're sort of being like, well, how is this going to be mixed? What effects do these things need? Does this really need another thing that's not on it yet? Mm -hmm. And this is the place where it's really easy to get stuck Mm -hmm. and stay way too long. Mm -hmm. But there is a certain amount that I feel like to make something that sounds really good, there is a certain amount that sometimes you have to journey through that sort of sound shaping, that mixing phase. Mm -hmm. Like if you Mm -hmm. underdo it, you've underdone it. Right. But it's very hard to, it can be very hard to know if you're done or Mm. not done or does it sound right or are you going to mix it yourself or are you going to get help or is someone else going to make, like, is it going to be sort of kind of a collaboration or Mm -hmm. how's it going to, I feel like also a lot, like a thing that's been really helpful to me is to like learn to take a lot of breaks and not like little breaks, long breaks. Mm. Okay. This album that I just made, it was like, okay, I wrote the songs and then there was like a couple months and of me being like, okay, I'm not listening to them. Mm-hmm. And then around the time that you came to play on Hello Cat, came to play on that one, uh, there was a lot of sessions. Like there was like a two or three week period where there was a lot of sessions, mm-hmm. drums and mm-hmm. bass. And um, actually I think I did the bass with Connor around the time when they were written at the beginning. Okay. Um, but then pedal steel and drums and upright bass and trumpets on some like there was like a lot of things were added Mm -hmm. and then I didn't look at them for like two months Mm -hmm. and then um I was thinking about the idea of having somebody else mix them and I sent the first mix to another mixing engineer and was like this is not gonna work this way Mm um and another friend of mine Andy Bilheimer, who's really amazing, uh, helped me. We sort of mixed it together. We'd mm-hmm. meet a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. And if there was something I needed to tweak in between, I would work on it. But it was really, trying to mix it by myself, it was really helpful mm-hmm. to have somebody there. To somebody else's input and ears. Yeah. All that totally different. Yeah. To be to be like this the thing you're doing is dom stop. Mm. <laughs> or like or you're overthinking this. Or for it's us fine. to and also it was really fun. Like we'd be going down a hundred rabbit holes mm-hmm. sort of reamping this or trying to use a uh another friend had left a analog space delay at the house and we reamped like half the album through that and I think used like one of the tracks maybe one time you know what I mean like um, but I think it can be helpful to get to that place where you're trying things and in your mind you're like okay that thing I just tried it was worse Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and and when you like start to hit walls like that a bunch you can be like okay something about this is dissatisfying to me but it's probably the hundred times I've heard mm. it this week as mm. opposed to where you let it breathe a little bit yeah. and then come back to it and then yeah like after we mixed it another friend of mine mastered it mm-hmm. and then I kind of held on to it for a while and sort of mm-hmm. listened to it sporadically and ended up doing like some really small things mix wise before the final mastering but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things where sometimes, like, it took a year to make it, 
Mm-hmm. But a lot of that year was not, it wasn't like we were working on it for a whole year. Right, a lot of that year was right. budgeted for ear breaks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can be really helpful to, that's another way where working with other people can be really helpful. Because mm-hmm. if you're working on a record of somebody else's, at least for that time that you're working on it, mm-hmm you're sort of like in the zone with that right and, and then you come back your own to thing your is own with fresh ears exactly mm-hmm. the furthest thing away from your head i guess mm-hmm. yeah it's a shame that all the blame falls on us women it's not true it only say music is important to you and what inspires you to continue that is those are good questions that I'm some ways I'm not really sure I know the answer to um I guess obviously like the one of the more obvious like musicians dilemmas is like should I keep doing this like Mm -hmm. because there's a lot I feel like when you're a musician it's pretty commonplace for there to be at least some kind of external pressure for you to like get a real life right in quotation marks right um but uh, I don't know I feel like any time that I've been stressed about it or gotten to a place where I've you know felt stuck or felt like I can't do this or Mm -hmm. Um, whenever like it gets to that question when push comes to shove like are you really going to quit I'm kind of like no 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 <laughs> you know like, mm-hmm. um, it's a good like that question like what why do I keep doing it I like I'm not sure I know hmm. um, well, there must I guess be as long as there's that, sort of like as long as oh, yeah I love it mm-hmm. but That's also at the same time well. At the same time, I feel like one of the hardest parts about, the most challenging things about continuing to try to do it, I guess, like, professionally, mm-hmm. in quotation marks, is it's easy for the pressures associated with that to strain your relationship with mm-hmm. what you like about it, or right. what comes naturally to you about it, mm-hmm. or what's, like, I guess, I mean, I guess you could say is pure about it. Like, mm-hmm. that, like when you take a thing because when I was first doing it I was just you know I was working at a marketing company I had just picked up a guitar I had no concept that I would maybe like take a run at it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, 
And during that time, I never would have felt like, oh, should I really should I keep going? Mm-hmm. Is this working? Mm-hmm. Like you don't ask because your, you're just having you fun. know exactly. You're not right. asking yourself the question: Is this working? Can I make this work? Because what that question really is is like, can I turn this into money? Right. right. And that is. I feel like the question for me would never be would I keep writing songs I'm sure I will always do that now um yeah it's a thing that I just sort of in some ways just kind of do compulsively Mm. um so it's very much a part of you at this point yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I have a list of I have a list of thousands of phone notes I will probably never listen back to, you know, mm-hmm. um, unless something about one of those melodies calls me back from the other realm and I'm like, oh, what was that thing? Mm-hmm. Did I, I feel like that's the test for like, if a phone note was really worth making, like if I remember it a few days later, then I, I'll go and look at it and see if I should play it again. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Um, but they, I don't know, try like being motivated to keep trying to like do it as a light like as your career I suppose that's hard (laughs) like Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't know what motivates me to keep doing that and especially in a city where there are so many musicians yeah and not just musicians but good musicians yeah you know well that's helpful I found that like there being a lot of good musicians around has definitely helped me progress okay just because like Pushes you the competitor inside of, of me like wants to sure. be really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, so I find I find all the musicians around really inspiring and really helpful. Um, I just like kind of it's already a tough balance to be like to try to make music and then be like, is this me? Is this my expression? Mm-hmm. Like, have I made a good piece? Is and then. To add to that equation, have I expressed myself authentically? Is it me? And can it make money? Mm-hmm. Is sort of like, uh, like it just it makes it, like it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard it to is. make your music make money. Right. So, I, yeah, it's. I don't know. But you're doing <laughs> it. I'm doing it. Playing and you're I'm still doing it, and... but I don't know. So now, sometimes I don't know why, but I... Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I guess it's sort of the fact that I'm still doing it is kind of the answer. Yeah, in it, absolutely. In itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was there ever a point when you moved to Nashville or before where you felt like you sort of had to catch up with these other musicians who have been playing for years and years? Or I mean, every day, still. Okay, okay. Um, I've definitely gotten more comfortable. And in some ways every musician is different and everybody's skills are different and Mm -hmm. if they weren't it would be music would be really boring um but I think I think the more that I've kind of worked with other people and gotten more comfortable I feel like co-working with other musicians is sort of a skill unto itself mm-hmm. that needs to be worked on, I guess. I mean, probably easier for some people than others, but 
I like to have like a lot of control over what I'm making. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it took me a while to sort of, to try to learn how to be a better collaborator. Mm, okay. Um, and to know when, like to have a good feel for when am I letting something go or when am I like being like, hey, that's not going to work. We got to play something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kind of making those executive decisions. Yeah, and, but also like just the balance of... Because obviously like when people are making something together, mm-hmm. like everybody's egos are involved. Sure, um, sure. But just sort of... And especially in a creative setting, it's to... very much your own, and people right. feel like it's a part of them. Right. You know, and if there's any sort of criticism, it's yeah. not just the music that's being criticized. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's them, exactly. You know, exactly. so. So being able to sort of navigate that minefield of collaborating and eventually getting to a place where everyone's really happy with what everyone made, like, mm-hmm. is can be more difficult than it looks. Right. Um, right. So, but I feel like the more that I've worked on things with other people and worked on other people's records and brought people in to help with mine and, um, I feel like in some ways you can sort of catch in, on some things, you, you, you can't catch up to everybody on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible. It's impossible. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, man, I'm never going to play this instrument like that. Or that person is so good. You know, like, but that's fine. Like, but it's not the right thing to worry about, mm-hmm. I don't think. And it's Just, not helpful. No, certainly not. Yeah. Just more to be like, okay, what, like, what is like my thing that I do right. and what do I need to do to work on that mm-hmm. and if other things can get added to that over time then they sort of will mm-hmm. I don't know I feel like sometimes I get out my case for my own case for not being a better instrumentalist mm-hmm. um, but I've just found that sort of like the natural way that my focus gravitates has been towards sort of being able to make like pull together the whole product I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're um, really good at that so like the different oh, thank you so the different like being able to be like what is this song like to trying to really understand how songs work mm-hmm. and what makes their momentum work and how does a how does what do you do in terms of the all the different parts that are there mm-hmm. to create certain flows of energy or mm-hmm. certain vibes within a song? Like right. What is like what were the functional changes that happened between this section and that section mm-hmm. that made that transition feel so good? Like right. That, right. And like a combination of sort of that mm-hmm. and then being like how can I record my voice in a way that I really like it how can I get the sound that I really want mm-hmm. um, so a combination of sort of like engineering producing arranging mm-hmm. is a place where I find myself 
focusing a lot without trying really hard to keep focusing on that where I find myself like I very much like improve on various instruments in spurts okay like I'll learn some new things on guitar for a while but then I'll get lazy and plateau mm. you know what I mean like mm-hmm. um it's not like I know and I definitely know some people like my roommate Kurt is a guitar player and that guy just plays guitar all plays guitar all day okay loves to play guitar you can't get enough playing guitar mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. I feel like there's certain you sort of as far as like where for me anyway to put like I end up putting my energy and where I try to improve and if we're talking about catching up or where I'm trying to be I feel like the path of least resistance is in sort of the kind of production mm-hmm. um, that's more the combination thing. of like writing and production to be the songwriter you don't necessarily have to be like it helps to be good at at least one instrument, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't have to be necessarily able to like that. I know, but like, again, like I know people in town mm-hmm. who can play the shit out of out of drums, guitar, mm-hmm. bass, keys, like mm-hmm. especially in a place like Nashville where there's a lot right. of like those like born and raised Nashville yes. kids yes. whose parents are musicians. They're musical yes. families. They're yes. like the they're like the pure blood wizards in. In Harry Potter. Oh, and you're yeah. never going to be like them. Mm-hmm. Least, like, maybe I'll be like them when I'm 60. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm like that. Like that. I'm like... But they but I got, doing it. Right. So, and it's like, yeah. how am I... But like, if I'm going to give myself a hard time about not being able to be like that person, like, I should just quit now. Like, mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, but we all have Not never. Thing. You never say never. But... Yeah. That's... Uh, like, yeah. I mean, those... There's always gonna be the person who's like Prince, you know, mm-hmm. who right. can, can literally just do everything. Like mm-hmm. he can do everything, and not only can he do everything, he's amazing, every, mm-hmm. amazing at everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, and of course, like, would I love it if I was that guy? Yeah, but that's a lot of instruments to learn, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of that's work lot to of put early. in, and but yeah, especially I'd, if it's not something that you truly love or enjoy you know and you you already mentioned you're good at kind of the production aspect and kind of bringing in multiple parts and putting everything together and that's your strength and that's something that I struggle with that I like need more work in that area I'm I can play the hell out of the fiddle on right. the track but yeah. you know like I'm not necessarily great at picking up on okay what does this need I know it needs something but what does it need and being able to pinpoint that and kind of bring everything together so that's a really valuable skill in itself yeah I um, I definitely think that yeah like like you're saying it's it's easy to feel especially in a place like Nashville where everyone is so good mm-hmm. like you like could never possibly be as good as this person or as good as this person but everybody, everybody who's here is bringing something else and if everybody could just do everything it would be really boring mm-hmm. to make music because mm-hmm. nobody would ever collaborate right, so. right. nobody would right, have right. necessarily a specialty either. right right so nobody, yeah. would, nobody would have necessarily a specialty mm-hmm. so well, tell us about your current projects. Okay. Um, well, the first one... Well, I, I don't know which one is the first one and which is the second one. But the one that just came out this week um, 
is called Country Sundays, and it is a sort of short concert movie of five covers of female country legends that I did. And they're mostly rooted like honky-tonk era into the 70s. Uh, so it's Crazy by Patsy Klein, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man, Redwin. Uh The sort of I Will Always Love You, but in the style, like the original Dolly Parton style. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels that we just played together. Mm-hmm. And... I felt that it would be fun if there was one contemporary one, so we did Space Cowboy by Casey Musgraves. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, that was really fun to make. I worked with uh, my friend Daly's uh, and uh, also Michael, who he has the, uh, is one of the people who runs the DIY space, the mouth hole. Mm. I don't know if you've been over there. Uh, but they have a, uh, I guess, I guess a, I guess a video collective called AMPM Video, and I've made a couple things with them. But mm-hmm. they shot and edited, um, and put together a live honky tonk band and recorded and filmed everything live at uh, at the studio, and then in editing we cut it all together with a bunch of fun public domain footage from the 50s and oh, 60s neat. so like weird old commercials and uh, intros from barn like from kind of B-rate versions of the Grand Old Opry you know what I mean like old barn dance uh-huh. type stuff right um, but I'm really proud of it I think it came out really great. I'm excited about it. So where did that idea come from? I had had that idea to do those covers for a while. I had had a playlist of those songs um, just sitting on my Spotify Mm -hmm. and had been like, it would be really fun and great if I did sort of kind of if in the sort of like gender elusive starlet character that is the person that is like the Sundays thing Mm -hmm. if I were to if there were Sundays covers of like my favorite bluesy old honky tonk songs and if there was like a through line of them being kind of relationship songs mm. mostly about mm-hmm. kind of lying, cheating men or right. things like From not the woman's perspective right exactly right. um and uh so I had had that idea for a while and then COVID it's it was like it was a big production to get such a big band mm-hmm. and to get all the rehearsals and um during this we had originally planned to do it last fall and I got COVID Mm. so we had to reschedule it and Mm. it ended up happening in July Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess I had just finished the mixes and had just sent off my first round of mixes to mastering for my new EP of originals that's coming out in 
the winter, spring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what should I do now? And I thought, well, why don't we try and reschedule the Honky Tonk movie? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad that we did because it, A, was really, really fun to make and turned out better than I ever could have imagined. Um, That's awesome. So I'm excited that you haven't seen it yet. I can't yeah, wait. I can't I wait. I I can't wait for for your feedback on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it came out kind of a nice little length. It's like 20 minutes. Okay. It, it's sort of like bite size. I think I am also gonna upload the individual songs mm-hmm. too. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'll probably like use that as an excuse to keep pestering people to watch it. Mm-hmm. So you know, few mm-hmm. at a time. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but and then my other EP that we sort of talked about the styling for a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. Um, earlier. Will the first single for that? It's called the Boys Who Made Me Cry EP, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. I just uh, my friend Grace just did a really cool like painting, kind of sort of caricaturish painting oh, of me. That's gonna be the cover of that. I'm really excited about how that came. And that's out. been in the works but for a while, right? That record has been in the works for. I sort of started. Summer of 2020 was when I wrote like a huge amount of songs that mm-hmm. the songs for that kind of got called out of. Mm-hmm. And then last, I think I first sort of decided which songs were the songs and started fleshing them out um, just by myself and with my friend Connor Fersner who played bass. La- like last, not this past September, but... 2020 okay. September uh-huh. um, and then in January of this year um, I did most of the main tracking and then it got mixed mm-hmm. later in the spring and took kind of a break from it before the final mastering to do the country thing over the summer mm-hmm. uh, so it got fit like I had it it's finished self in hand since September and then I've been just sort of trying to plan release things and Mm -hmm. showing it to people and seeing trying to find out who wants to be involved in what and where like can I get it on this you know trying not to overthink the promo but also not underthink the promo right right because you want people to hear Um, it yes because I want because I worked hard on it and I want people to hear it absolutely um so yeah, the first single for that is the title track, um, Boys Who Made Me Cry, and mm-hmm. it will be out sometime in the first like week or so of the new year. Okay. So that's exciting. Exciting, yeah. And there's a fun video for that, too, which will probably also come out around that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what the order of the other tracks, release-wise, is going to be. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I wonder is probably last. But it is just going to be one at a time over the course of the spring. Mm-hmm. One, Releasing one once a time. month, I'll put out a song. Okay. So, nice. lots of stuff coming up. Very yes. exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. That's so cool. So, how did Sundays come about? Oh. Well, Sundays came about around the time that 
I, like I told you earlier, I'd been making sort of songs, singer-songwriter type songs that could really just be exist as acoustic mm-hmm. performances. Mm-hmm. But I had wanted to start playing the band, and then I wanted the band to have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, as bands should. As they should. Even though, like, it is, Sundays is kind of a dictatorship. Uh, <laughs> well, Sundays like, is basically you, yeah, right? Yeah, it's basically you, just, it's my, it's my project. Uh-huh. Um, and then it has a lot of, it has had a lot of different collaborators over the mm-hmm. years, and it has a lot of frequent collaborators. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you are the it's main really my, story. Like, it's yeah. really my project. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just kind of came about because I wanted like it to have a the pro- I wanted like the project to have a name that mm-hmm. wasn't my name mm, okay um and I guess I just I wanted something I really like ice cream and I wanted something that had that just kind of had a good ring to it I guess mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what other things I sort of had I don't remember any of the other names that were in the running mm-hmm. um, but I do remember when I thought of it I was like oh that would work mm-hmm. and then it I guess it like survived the test of me I probably at the time tried to think of a bunch of reasons why it wouldn't work oh, you know okay. like uh-huh. uh, but no it just sort of it stuck yeah, it's a sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. What word of wisdom would you give to somebody who's just starting out with music or just starting out in the industry? Anything like that? Oh, good question. Um, I would just say try as hard as you can not to get frustrated because you're going to hear a lot of no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's inevitable, um, it's inevitable. Uh, and sometimes no is just getting ghosted <laughs> but uh, I don't want to be here and be like oh you better want it bad cause if you don't you know like that's what everybody says mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something <laughs> something unique to say yeah. here um but well, I guess you could think of it too as what what advice would you give yourself when you kind of were first getting into all of this, knowing oh, what you know now? That's a good way to frame it. Um, work faster. Hmm. Your like your gut will be to work on something ten times longer than it needs. It was done two weeks ago. Hmm. That's the advice that I would give my like know when you're done Mm -hmm. figure try as hard as you can to figure out when to give up Mm -hmm. not like on music as a whole but on like or try to get someone around you whose opinion you trust Mm -hmm. who can tell you this thing that you created this is its best self Mm -hmm. um just because if there's anything i've learned about trying to make things it's that the more times that i start the more things that i start making not all of them have to end up getting finished. But the more times that I start, the better the things that I finish get. Mm. Um, so just like, I feel like when you're first getting, when I was first getting started, it was really easy 
to really be in love with the first couple of songs of mine that I finished, you know, that I really liked. Mm -hmm. And to just sit on them forever and to work them to death. Mm -hmm. And that was dumb. (laughs) But they were as good as they were going to be. Right. Pretty quick. Like, things that you make are, like I was saying about before, like, a lot of the time they're going to be pretty much as good as they're going to be pretty soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It is rare that working on something for a very, 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 very long time, mm-hmm. especially uninterrupted, mm, right, is going to really make it better. So don't waste all of that time. Yeah, another like piece of advice around that that I would sort of give would be like when you're, if you're putting a lot of work into songs, which you will do, you're going to, you know, overwork stuff. But like, start saving every time you go in to start working like if you're doing your if you are like making a lot like working logic say every time that you go in to reapproach something do a new save as and date it mm. because the amount of times and like in, even in mixing this record that I would think I had a bunch of tweaks and think I knew what the song needed mm-hmm. and then fix a whole bunch of things in the mix and then go back in the car and listen to that and listen to what I had before and be like this was I just it was already fine mm-hmm. I just messed it up right. <laughs> like but when you if you like it. leave those breadcrumbs for yourself not mm-hmm. only do you give yourself a route back but it starts helping you have more perspective mm-hmm. about oh wow this really was better mm-hmm. I've made I made it like I just made it worse. And you can work more efficiently. Yeah. Once you start knowing when something was on, it can be really, you could be so far, so far into a mix and have some bounce from two weeks ago. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh man, if I can only make this one tiny little tweak on this bounce from two weeks ago. But now I have no idea what those settings were Mm -hmm. because I've gone Mm -hmm. down a thousand rabbit holes. Right. Um, But yeah. Like yeah, I guess like the sort of way to dilute down that piece of advice to its essence would be just you don't need to be so dear about things, especially at first. Well, it's kind of like the same. They're too. gonna be what they're gonna be. Just right. kind of like let try and let as hard as you can. Right. To like not squeeze your compositions to death. Like mm. try to let them breathe. I and suppose. It's kind of like the saying, done is better than perfect. You yeah. Know, there's a certain point where... For sure. You know, you can do too much, which is kind of what we were talking about. And also, like, what is perfect? Right, exactly. So it's it's you subjective. Never, it doesn't exist. Yeah, you might never achieve it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it is definitely, most of the time, better to just kind of put something out there. And, and it's really hard. Like, it's hard advice to take. Mm-hmm. Like, I see my... Even now, all the time, I... You can be watching myself work too long on something, and I will keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm the same there way. can be sort of like a this insatiable beat, like learning how to like learning how to let the perfectionist inside of you help you, like to like drive you to be better without letting that Just compulsion overtake everything. overtake everything and destroy destroy your relationship with your music because mm. you're always upset that it's not perfect mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah because uh, it won't like you will never it's hard to be satisfied and also the other thing I find is that like even a mix just like allow your mixes to get you a little Stockholm syndrome you know 
you've made something, when you first make it, there was probably a bunch of things that you hated about it. A year from now, when a bunch of listens and also probably a bunch of time not listening to it, it will probably start sounding more perfect mm-hmm. to you. At mm-hmm. least that's what I've found, mm-hmm. is that things start sounding better even if I didn't, even if I had a complaint about something, mm-hmm. it might not be bothering me anymore mm-hmm. later. Because right. you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Process-wise, process is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I think. Just, and the only way to get better at things like knowing when it's really finished is just to make a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would be really the advice. Like, try and try as hard as possible not to get hung up right. on a few songs. Yeah, because that's time where you could have. How many? You got to be thinking how many songs could I have written in the time that I spent driving myself up a wall on this mix? Exactly. And if the answer, the higher that number gets, the more you're like slowing down your process as a creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you could have just and don't worry about finishing everything you start it's not important Mm -hmm. the things that will finish themselves will Mm -hmm. they like songs that are really working usually anyway I find kind of have their own momentum Mm -hmm. or you keep having the ideas you need right like if I like if I really get stuck I I feel like something I've learned how to do is to try and trust that. Hmm. Even if I love something, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel like this song could be so good. Mm-hmm. If I am beating my head against a wall and I'm stuck, and like the next idea that I need doesn't come, I just have to sort of, hmm. just have to sort of let Leonardo DiCaprio go under the ice mm-hmm. so you can get in the lifeboat, you know? Yes. Love <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. I mean, all of it. Just it will be knowing knowing when to stop, knowing when to let go, and knowing when something is done. But also just kind of knowing how to work the process in general, because like you said, that that is oftentimes the hardest part. Yeah, so. it's hard, but it does get easier just mm-hmm. slowly. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you'll think that it got easier and. Just because you did a good job of it last time doesn't mean that you can't... It's always an easy compulsion to get mm-hmm. stuck. Mm-hmm. At least for me. I'm great at getting stuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, a lot of people are. Yeah. But, well, what's next for you, Max? Oh, I'm really trying to play a lot of shows this spring. I feel like maybe a mistake that I've made in the past has been to finish a thing mm-hmm. and then put it out and then be like okay did people like it oh well people didn't like quite enough and then like immediately make another thing without really giving the thing a chance to breathe not mm-hmm. not really touring or getting out there or trying to not or maybe like not necessarily having the confidence to go out and And, like, really push something and showcase it, regardless of what I 
think the reaction will be or what I gauge the reaction to be based on a short amount of time of a thing being in the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just like force myself to go out and enjoy my songs and mm-hmm. <laughs> try to get and some tours together that, and play a lot of, of shows. That's skill in itself that has to be learned and developed. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's probably, I think that that like that desire to like go out and tour and do all that. I feel like that is, I think that that's like easier than for some people than mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. That there's definitely some people whose default setting is like, Better done than finished. All right, let's tour. And, like, mm-hmm. that's the right move. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what you got to do. I think. <laughs> I'll let you know if it works. But Well, and everybody's situation is different, right. too. You know? So. But I think that I definitely am trying to play shows. Mm-hmm. Lots of shows. And also shows in other places and... Trying to, I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying to pound the pavement. So outside of Nashville. Yeah. I'm thinking. So okay. hopefully, fingers crossed that COVID will dissipate. Dissipate, <laughs> and that tour will be. Because I feel like things have gotten a pretty kind of like a jerky, but okay restart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Just the couple of shows that I've played so far for this new stuff I've been really enjoying. And mm-hmm. um, I think it would be in a lot of ways its own adventure to put together. And I've never like done a tour with this big of a band. Mm-hmm. So that would be its own both like both adventure and challenge. But I think that it will be really fun. I'm sure. Just, like, yeah something yeah. new and you'll be able to determine if you if that's what you like you know yeah by the time it's all said and done and you're out there so that's yeah awesome. it's exciting yeah also terrifying but mm-hmm. exciting mm-hmm. um it's definitely easy to be i've been trying to like make schedules for myself and mm. be like because there's just so many between trying to post enough on social media and trying to book shows and trying to get on playlists and trying to not lose your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a lot mm-hmm. of like, it's just like hard to, to juggle. juggle all those balls without some of them falling sometimes. And they will, but I, right, right. I guess, uh, I feel like really in some ways the antidote for that can, or I hope can be getting on playing for mm-hmm. as many people as I can mm-hmm. and, having fun uh, with it. and having fun with it and trying to like it's definitely easy for me to get in the zone of being like this has to be the biggest most successful but at least I gotta mm-hmm. it's gotta be huge and it's like yeah, it probably won't so don't get don't <laughs> don't get so like sure. don't get so wrapped up in that just so have, like, go a, out and enjoy your songs yeah enjoy yourself yeah. yeah don't have too many expectations yeah it. exactly yeah well where can listeners find you on social media um don't look now unless you're looking at the country movie uh but on social media my uh my uh and you know what don't listen don't listen to me telling you not to look now look now yeah uh Go stalk him on Instagram. Stalk him up. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I am Sundays, Yummy Sundays on Instagram. And 
I anything that needs to be found about the band can be found at Sundays.band that has links okay. to you know Spotify and and you can get to all those places from Instagram too mm-hmm. um, but yeah the new Country Sundays movie is on Instagram is on my Instagram and is also on YouTube you can just go on YouTube and type in Country Sundays AES like an ice cream sundae uh, hopefully it's the only thing called that I think it's the only thing called that I think it is I think it is I think mm-hmm. it is um, but yeah go watch Country Sundays that's all I yeah <laughs> watch that yeah, thing absolutely um, but uh, yeah Thank cool you. yeah thanks so, so much for, for being here again this yeah is so this fun. was fun this is another song off of uh, the same EP is the one I just played. The song's called Songs Enough to Sing. Um, and uh, I guess it's like snippet of the romance of Gone Awry, as it were, would be... Uh, it's sort of like that internal battle of like when somebody who you know is not going to make any commitment or is not going to give you what you actually need puts like getting down on the table and you like you know you're going to fucking do it (laughs) you shouldn't songs about that Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tune Project podcast. 
If you'd like more of Max, check out the show notes for a link to Sunday's social media and music. Until next time.